Hey guys, I just wanted to reach out to you and let you know that Surewinder is still selling amazing products. Some of you guys have been dragging your feet for whatever reason. If your shoulder hurts, do not waste time. Pull the trigger. I just bought uh, four or five of them and uh, we had two guys out. You know how much it cost me to pay for two guys being out with bad shoulders? We just pulled the trigger and we said, listen, everybody's going to have one on a truck. It's mandatory. You got to use it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait till your guys go down. It's going to cost you more. Buy a Sherwinder. It's not every day someone invents something that changes the game. I found out about this product that I'm talking to you about, uh, and I had to try it. So I ordered a few, and after using it, I'm sold. Now we stock them on our trucks. It's called Allbrace. And it will help you sell more service and buy you time until doors come in. There's never been a greater time for a product like this. Phil has a video on his website of him cutting a door literally in half, installing the all brace, and running it like nothing ever happened. It is literally incredible. One of the greatest selling videos I've ever seen. You're going to want to check it out at all-brace.com. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Can you guys believe that IDA is going to be my guest today? I have Brenton Cheney and it's Amy, right? Amy, yes. Amy, listen, guys, I know that I have in the past been a little tough on IDA and rightfully so. I think they know. And uh, recently they made a change at the top. Uh, we, IDA is managed by a company called Kellen. Kellen, right? Yes. Mm -hmm which has a pretty good reputation. I've done my research um, and we had uh, a gentleman by the name of Mike, which I think everybody knows. Um, he, he hosts another podcast in our industry and um, he, uh, he is no longer with the garage door side. I don't know if he's with Keller or not. It doesn't make a difference. Uh, but when I saw Amy announced, uh, I was genuinely surprised. I did not see that coming. Number one. Number two, um, I did a lot of research on Amy, and she seems like a getter dunner. Uh, so <laughs> that is my nickname for her. Um, she has a good reputation. It looks like she knows what she's doing. And here's the great <laughs> thing. Um, she's not afraid to talk. Very unusual for uh, the previous regime. Normally, we would have to have like um, a meeting to discuss all the questions. We would have to have that all ran by the communication committee. They would uh, X out three-fourths of the questions and send it back to me and tell me that we can discuss these two things. Um, and then afterwards, they would tell me that we can't post that. So um, I got a feeling that's going to be very different today. Amy, is that right? That is right. Wow. It's a new, it's a new leaf. <laughs> We're evolving. So how did this come about, Brenton? Um, it was kind of a surprise. I, di I didn't know that, uh, that Kellen was looking to change over some leadership here for the garage door industry. Yeah. So Kellen wasn't really looking to make a change. Um, you know, myself and the other leaders of the, you know, part of the executive committee with IDA, 
was looking at the services that we were getting and uh, some of the call it behind the scenes things that were happening and stuff like that. And we just made a decision that it was time to make a change. And, uh, and it's not the first change we've made. Uh, you know, when we first moved uh, away from Long and Associates and over to Kellen, there was a transition team that we worked with at the beginning. And then we kind of moved into having our full-time, kind of our full-time staff. And we cycled through a couple of people trying to uh, figure out the best fit. And then uh, as, as we call it, have matured in our relationship with Kellen at the time came again to, to make a change. Uh, and so we uh, worked with Kellen and luckily Amy and then also Courtney who came along with Amy uh, were available and, and uh, we've been really happy so far. So it, it wasn't kind of a spur of the moment change. It's kind of been in the works for about six months or so. And uh, you're just seeing the fruits of that labor right now. I want to, um, there's so much to talk about and I'm, I'm like overly excited. So my thoughts are a little scrambled right now. So you have to bear <laughs> with me, but uh, before we, we dive in, can you explain for those who don't know, because a lot of my listeners are not IDA members or have no experience with IDA as, as a one-on-one. Um, can you explain our relationship with Kellen and who Kellen is and how they are involved? Yeah. So Kellen is basically a management team. So um, there's directors for IDA. So we have IDA members as a whole, and then there's the directors that are elected by those members and the directors of IDA basically make up currently make up all the committees and make up the leadership of the association. And the directors are the ones that are, making initiatives, moving member benefits forward, planning expos, doing all those different types of things. But all of the directors, myself included, get big fat checks of zero dollars. You know, we volunteer our time. And, uh, and for so- the betterment of the industry, which is admirable, the, by the way. Yeah, for the betterment of the industry. We're all in love with this industry, but it, we're all confused why we love it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so Kellen is the, the doers of the things. So theoretically speaking, the directors direct and Kellen does. And, uh, so we have to have, uh, you know, it's kind of like the government, you've got all the staffers that are consistent and been around for forever and your, you know, your senators and your president and stuff like that, they kind of come and go, but they're the consistency behind the scenes. Right. The and operations. Yeah, yeah, I was actually really happy to hear that Kellen didn't change over, like, uh, because, you know, when you start getting like, you know, you watch these football teams, you know, and, and you have the leadership at the top and they keep firing the coaches over and over and over and over again. Um, and it's like, eventually you got to point the finger and be like, hey, uh, maybe it's us. And, <laughs> and we had a management company that we had for a very long time. We switched over. I did my research on Kellen. I was really excited. Um, and so, and I know like, you know, we went through COVID and all this other stuff. So um, when it comes to Kellen, I was really happy to hear that we're still in that relationship. And I don't know if that was just a contractual thing or, or what, but uh, I am, I'm very glad that you guys kept them. And, and I do feel like um, just based on our research, uh, I'm really happy, Amy that you are running things over there for us. Can you share a little bit about your background and uh, what, like how you landed here? Sure. So I started association management about 20 years ago um, from the ground up as customer service. I did a lot of 
member recruitment and retention uh, programs and services and kind of moved my way up to executive director. I currently have three other association clients that I have been with since 2008 um, as their executive director and our company was acquired by Kellen. So I was, that's kind of how I became a, a Kellen employee. So association management is not new to me. Um, but just the, the Kellen structure, I guess, but we were, we were, we were association management company prior to Kellen as well. Very cool. Um, we're getting a little bit of, uh, feedback. It sounds like papers or something. I don't know if that's, um, where that's coming from, but, um, so you're like, when this process went down, did you, Kel, uh, Britain, did we like interview some of the people available from Kellen or did they, were they like, Hey, I got the perfect people boss these guys out and yeah. them out with you. Um, so it was, it, in my opinion, we ended up with the kind of the best outcome because we were talking, I was talking with higher up leadership in Kellen about making a change and what that might look like. Um, and it kind of went through a couple of different iterations of, do we keep some people and move other people and so on and so forth. And then uh, literally, uh, John came to me one day and was like, okay, I've got the team. Uh, you know, when we started, we didn't know that uh, the company that Amy worked for before was going to be acquired by Kellen. So when they got acquired by Kellen, apparently uh, John and then Amy's boss, uh, Molly, kind of got together and was like, hey, the IDA is looking at. Uh oh, yeah, muted out somehow. Tamara, you must have said something that pissed Tamara off. So the idea was looking at making a change, but John basically was like, we have this new acquisition that Kellen's doing and they come with a rock star team. And uh, well, congratulations, and, uh, Amy, on the acquisition of your company, because that's a huge ordeal. We should recognize that. Yeah. And, and, and this is what I buy crappy companies and keep the people. So <laughs> all, all that's of our a stuff promising came. sign. Yeah, all yeah. of our staff came and all of our clients came as well. So that's promising. Yeah. Proud of that. Yeah, yeah it, for sure. It, it was a it was a it was a good transition. And and I told John, I says, try and scare them away because <laughs> I don't want them to get into something that they don't know about. And I think John like half-heartedly tried to scare them away. But um, actually myself and then Wes Perry, who's the incoming president after me, and Dave Plowman, um, our current treasurer, went to Washington, DC and uh thoroughly brought them up to speed on everything and uh they're still here so that uh <laughs> a little bit of their fortitude good we well, don't I, scare easy I, I love a good challenge and the board was extremely welcoming and the association has um you know a great group uh supportive group behind them and that's really something positive it's something i wanted to be a part of so good well amy the bar is low so <laughs> um, I just want to say, like, don't settle, right? Because you might look like a rock star doing 20% more or feel like one. Uh, but but the the bar is really low. Um I I believe a lot can be done with IDA. And um, you know, I, I'm I'm glad that you're a part of it now. So welcome. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Industry. So um, what are some things uh your team brings to the table? And what are some plans? Like, I know it's early. When did you guys join? Uh, officially in October. So still okay. pretty fresh. Yeah. A little <laughs> over a month. 
Yeah. So I don't know how much planning. I mean, I'm sure you guys are getting acclimated and trying to figure out like where we're at with everything. And and uh, so, uh, but I, if it, I would like to hear from you, like, what's the plan? Like, what are some ideas that you guys have on helping the industry as a whole? And before I say that, like, before you answer, I also want to uh, say that the the last regime was very adamant. IDA is not a dealer association. It is an industry association. And the dealers felt very offed by that because for a long time, it <clears throat> felt like a dealer association, but then that backed off and uh, became more of like a, a manufacturer support, I guess. I'm not sure. Um, I, I, I don't, that's not the opinion that I had. That's just what I heard from a lot of people. Uh, I don't, I didn't feel like anybody was really getting support from IDA for the most part. So help me understand um, what's your stance on the dealer relationship and what's your plans for IDA for the garage door industry? Sure. So again, that's kind of in the past. I mean, I think an association needs to provide benefits and services to all of its members. Um, There's support on both sides. So it needs to be represented as member benefits on both sides as well. Um, we do have a lot of education and we're working on just promoting that. A lot of what IDA has, has done in the past, it's, it's there, it's on the website, but it's not marketed appropriately. So we've been dealing with uh, a couple of programs and services that we're looking to launch in 2023 to members and, and you know, really look at our prospect list that we have and, and how do we get those to be, you know, the companies that we want on that list to be, to be members and to show up and be supportive of the association. Uh, but we have to work together to do that. And that's kind of where the board comes in with their industry knowledge. But Courtney and I are definitely a get it done type of team. Um, we we want to have those tasks and we want to look at back at the end of the year and be able to say that we made a difference. We either helped a member do their, their, their job better or easier or train their employees. I mean, we don't, we're not here for a show, I guess. Um, we we just want to work together with the board and really be able to accomplish things that that the committees are have been requesting for a couple couple years now, and we've already implemented some of those changes internally. So we we're on a good what path. Implemented internally already. Um, just structures to the committees. I mean, there's a lot of committee meetings, but having action and tasks that actually get accomplished before the next meeting, or you see the minutes from the meeting the week before, um, that's not how we tend to operate. So we, we like to get those minutes out. And, you know, Brenton and I came up with a timeline for that, just so that it's fresh in everybody's mind and, and meeting with those chairs prior to the meeting, giving them a week of, you know, here's what we talked about prior, what else do we need to discuss and actually setting tasks for those committee me- meetings. So it's not just, um, a talking session. It's a, it's something we're accomplishing and working towards an end goal. And that's kind of where the committees need to focus their time. And that's why we have committees, you know, to support the, the operations of the association. You make me almost want to be part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love structure and I hate meetings, but meetings are necessary to create action and get everybody on the same page. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I heard about the meetings, but I never really felt like a lot of action came over from them. So those are very promising things. I hope those work out uh, as planned and you get the benefit out of them that, that we all hope. Um, so you had mentioned that there are some uh, plans that you guys have for 2023. Are you able to discuss those yet? 
Um, I mean, just, it's really just directing the focus. I mean, there, there's a lot of different programs and services that we've been offering. Um, we need to focus on which ones we're going to do great and, and, you know, what, what we're going to be to the industry. Um, and I think that a lot of that clarity will come. We do have a strategic planning session in January where we're going to come out with actionable items. Um, and I think that will be helpful for both our internal staff team as well as the board. So we all have direction on, you know, we can, we can look back in our October board meeting and, and be proud of all the things that we've accomplished and not just keep pushing things from meeting to meeting to meeting. That's not, that's not usually how I operate. <laughs> Dude, making me so happy. I almost want to offer you a job. <laughs> Easy there, killer. Kind of steal you away. This is all like, this is great. Um, all right. So we've got plans for 2023. Let's talk about Expo and all the EduCon uh, from what I'm hearing, the EduCon conferences are, are good because people don't have to travel very far, but they're not well attended. Um, but I also think they're not well promoted either. So, um, (laughs) they're, they're very popular within the circle of people who are either IDA members or attend the events already, but it's not very good or not very well promoted for people who are not in that circle. Um, do you plan to keep that same structure with the expos every other year and we have these like regional educons or are you going back to the annual uh, expo no we're we're keeping educon um what we're going to do is basically educon uh twice a year on the non-expo year so we'll have april 22nd is going to be in kentucky and then we'll have another meeting in that of october um, hopefully in indianapolis again those are where a lot of our members are to start with so that's kind of where we're going to direct those locations and then expo will be the following year in 2024 followed by an educon in october so providing those two education in-person educations a year i think is important even just for networking in addition to the networking, um, the education, being able to provide that to employees that might not attend Expo, giving them the, that opportunity to come. Uh, it is a smaller show, but that's kind of where we want it to be. Um, it's meant for education. We do have a show, showcase floor, what we'll have about 30 to 35 booths every year. Um, we did get really good evaluations this year from the event, from everyone that did attend. The speakers were fantastic, um, and being on the showcase floor, sure, there there wasn't a ton of people there, which again is our goal to continue to increase the attendance every year by marketing and trying to market early and really have a plan for the year, um, you know, further out. Uh, we're hoping to open registration in January for this year's April event, so we're just securing all of our speakers right now. Uh, we already have the contract for the venue and we're looking forward to a really great show. We did make some changes just from what we saw in October that we're going to, you know, kind of consolidate a little bit. But other than that, you know, we're looking forward to a, to a great show. We've already sold some booths to prior attendance from attendees from October. So good job. So um, <clears throat> one of the hot topics in our industry where dealers have the most difficulty is uh, finding people uh, to work for us, right? Uh, And I'm a marketer, so I'm able to market that. And I I truly believe that as business owners, we need to be constantly recruiting. But at the same time, we got businesses to run. We're very busy. There's a lot of obstacles that keep us and prevent us from being able to recruit constantly every single month. Um, You know, I, I look at other industries and 
I look at their associations and their associations play a major role in bringing awareness to the industry uh, for people like uh, potential employees, whether that's campaigns or um, like education, but trying to bring people in uh, fresh and teach them uh, and then taking people who are already in the industry, making them better. So I feel like uh, the relationship with IDEA uh, I've heard is a little bit rocky over the last couple of years. Um, so I hope that that's uh, reunited and, and everyone's good there. Um, and, and we take care of them because I think they're a critical component to the growth of our industry. And then on the other side, what can, what do you think IDA can do to help IDA members uh, recruit people into the industry? Yeah, that's, that's a tough question because it's really happening with all industries, just finding those good workers that are going to stay there after you train them too is another issue. You know, you get them in the door, you train them, you spend all the money and then they leave for another competitor's company. Um, if I, if I had the, the, the magic wand for that, I would be making a lot more money, but um, I, I did want to just with promotion though. Like there's, you know, there's, there's ways to promote it publicly um, or hook up with, with, um, you know, national headhunters or whatever, right? Like, I feel like you guys are set up and have the resources to be able to reach out to somebody and get their attention and be like, hey, we'd like to structure a program where we try to funnel people through your um, tech school into our industry or, you know, bring more awareness uh, through all your students at your tech school. Um, these are people who are probably seeking blue collar jobs. Be a great opportunity, right? Uh, it's probably Absolutely. too big of a task for one dealer to do it nationally, but one dealer can do it locally. But I think that if you are a member of IDA, um, if that's one of our biggest challenges as, as a company in our industry, and we all share the same problem, that should be where IDA spends a lot of their time focusing on trying to provide resources for us. Absolutely. No, I, I love that idea. I think that's something we can definitely put on the books to, to research. I mean, I'm not against that at all. We do have a job posting, but again, if it, you know, if it's not marketed the right way, then you're not right. going to get the results you need. So I, I mean, I think that would be a great, great opportunity for member benefit. Yeah. <clears throat> Ryan, that's actually been like on the docket for a while, um, trying to figure out how best to kind of attack that. Um, and we keep talking about marketing and, and Amy says, you know, well, it's, it's all about marketing. And uh, if you look it, like if you could record every meeting that we've had for the past two years since I've been president, I've been like, we have a marketing problem, guys. We have to figure <laughs> out how yeah. to get even our members that we have to utilize the programs that we have or to utilize the training that we have, let alone getting everyone else that's in our industry that's not an already an IDA member. You know, how do we? You know, so we, so we have a marketing issue, but for, for what you're talking about, as far as like getting skilled and trained workers or trades, uh, people into our industry, um, we are working with IDEA much closer now, uh, as of, as we kind of had a, a separation of our ideological goals between IDEA and IDEA a couple of years ago. And I've been working to get that back in line over the past about a year and a half. And actually we just had a conference call with IDEA leadership just yesterday. Um, and uh, one of the topics that we have been working on over the past couple of months is 
day one training. You know, so everybody comes into our industry, we might find a good person to come into our industry and we're like, but they know nothing about our industry. They're just a good person. You know, it's like, come work for me. I like you. I'll find something for you to do type of a situation. But um, doing day one training, a lot of the training that we have IDA and IDEA has is for someone who's really been in our industry for six months or a year or two years or more. And we don't have a lot of that bridge between hello, welcome to our company, and let's get you to be a certified door installer. You know, there's 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 a gap there that we've had for a long time, and so we're working on that with a lot of, call it day one training, introductions to the industry, um, terminology. Um, IDEA has been putting together, which I think is great, but just kind of like common terminology posters that they can you can put on the wall because I don't know how many times I've been you know, some, somebody works for somebody else and then they come work for me and they call a part X and I call it, you know, Y. And I don't know what the heck they're talking about. And they're right. like, well, this, and I'm like, well, why do you call it? Why do you call it that, you know, type of a situation. So um, we're working much closer over the past couple of months with IDEA and, uh, and trying to figure out how to best deal with that. Um, plus something that's been ongoing uh, in California and, and I know that it's in a couple other states is uh, some requirements for skilled and trained workers where you have anything that's Davis Bacon or prevailing wage or other things like that, you know, not union, but kind of that bridge between, uh, you know, non-union and union work. There's a, there's a, a place there that you have to have skilled and trained workers and um, IDA actually has a program already that we can give to dealers that dealers can take to either local tech schools or implement in their own business for skilled and trained workers and apprenticeship program. We already have it. It's been around for a long time. Not a lot of people know about it. Again, back to the marketing problem that we have. Yeah, but, the website's uh, broken or it was. Yeah. I don't know if it still is, but. I don't know if it still is. I'm a website guy. I've been living websites for 43 years. And there's nothing more frustrating than trying to navigate the back end of your website. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of things that we have to offer that will help dealers. They just don't know about it. And, and we gotta, we gotta get it out there in front of them. Well, I'm, I'm happy like, like genuinely, honestly want to help you guys promote stuff on my podcast because I want to enable you guys to be great. And if you're great, it'll trickle down to the dealers being great. And I think it'll, it'll make our industry better. And that is my ultimate goal. My goal is to call out the BS and praise you when you do good and try to hold everybody honest. And I allow people to do the same with me. And, you know, there's people that have been like, yo, bro, you were wrong. And I'd be like, I see that, <laughs> you know, and I apologize. What is, it, what is this, Ryan, the great equalizer? <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm willing to take the criticism myself. And I know, you know, I say a lot because I'm on a podcast a lot. So there's certain things I say, sometimes it's off. Um, I get fired up sometimes and post something uh, because I'm like, dude, I got to get this out. Like, it's just, it's cooking me and I can't hold back any longer. So um, I'm glad you brought that up a little bit about the the trades. Um, there's a big topic going on around, like right now online in some of the Facebook groups and even in our GDU groups um, where we're talking about licensing um, mm -hmm. for our industry, you know, you have HVAC electrical. And when you compare garage doors to HVAC and electrical, um, 
they're very different, right? But at the same time, um, because garage doors are so big and heavy and can be very dangerous, um, I'm extremely surprised that that government officials on, on the local level in the states um, aren't either being solicited by IDA or some type of dealer group to try to get some type of licensing. And before we get down this path, I will say, um, I think it needs to be made easy for the big guys, the middle guys and the small guys, um, because there's a place for everybody in this industry. And there's, we don't, I don't want to get to a place where we weed out the hardworking entrepreneur who's a one man show. And that's all he wants to be. There's a place for that guy. And, and I, I, I think we will lose, I think we'll lose some love uh, in our industry if we weed those guys out. So um, is that something IDA can help us structure to where maybe it's our job to go to our local state government, but with the backing of IDA documentation and all the reasons stamped and approved by IDA? Um, I'll, I'll take this one, Amy, because sure. so there's a couple of things that we're already doing um, and a couple of things that kind of have come up, not generated by us, but affect our industry. Um, and kind of, I think one thing that many call it either members or non-members of IDA believe that IDA should do is be the great regulator of all things. Um, and really what we are is we are a supposed to be anyways, a, a place for the industry to come together and figure out what is best for the industry. Um, so right now in the state of Florida, there is a, okay, let me preface this first. So I work in states where you have to have a contractor's license to do garage doors. All of the places I work, except for I do a little bit of work in Colorado and they don't require, you just have to have a city business license in Colorado. You don't have to have a general contractor's license. Yeah, you just have to get, you spend $125, register on the state, go to your local city and register a business license and you, you got a truck, you can go to the local yep. DC, buy parts right the day, yep. next day and you're rocking and rolling. Yep. And so, so, but the vast majority of what I do is regulated. You have to be a contractor. You have to have a bond. You have to provide work comp and proof of insurances and all kinds of stuff like that. And so me personally, I'm with you, Ryan. I want, I wish that every state had contractor licensing requirements and all kinds of stuff like that. I think it, it doesn't need to be a huge barrier of entry, but I think that a barrier of entry is because good. There's none now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so right now, just literally started this summer, the state of Florida has a bill that's going through that would change from a local, call it a local license to cities and counties to a state license. And we have had members of IDA on both sides of this fence reach out and be like, you guys need to oppose this or you guys need to support this. You know, what do we need to do to get this through and all kinds of different things like that. And so, um, so what, what stance do we take? Cause me personally, as president of IDA, I think we should have licensing requirements, but well, I've got members of IDA too. that are telling me, Hey, we don't want this. We don't want this. So as an association, where do, where should, where should we go on, on topics yeah. like that? That's a tough position to be in. I think 
I think maybe you guys stay out of pushing it, but you provide the resources that the dealers need in order to go to their local government and try to request it. Right. Um, so like there can be letters drawn up and, um, you know, all kinds of like, I don't know the process for that. Who do I go to? Who do I call? Who do I mail the letter to? Who do I, you know, it would be nice if, if I could say, Hey, I log into the back end and somehow tr trip on this link somewhere that shows me like where I need to, like, how, how do I go about starting or initiating the conversation with my local government? Um, yeah. Just having that resource, I think is really nice. Even, I mean, you, you could even do a video and post it on your Facebook, um, which private group, which is stupid. Um, so <laughs> the thing with um, the licensing, I think fixes a lot of problems. It fixes our first problem we talked about, right? One thing that I've noticed more than anything since I've joined the garage door industry seven years ago was that majority of business owners, like 95% of business owners in the garage door industry was a technician or an installer for another company prior, right? Right. They, 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 were, they started as a technician, then they decided they could do it themselves. So they started their own business. Because there's no barrier of entry. Right. So if every employee has no barrier of entry, you invest all this money into people, like Amy said earlier, and then they leave you to go start their own company, more power to them. I am all about entrepreneurship. I want it. I just want it to happen the right way. Right. So we, this would create an environment where if you had to be licensed and there was a process to starting your own company with a small barrier of entry, employers would be able to hold on to employees longer. And then I think, you know, I think that that would solve some of the employee issues. And then from there, you also don't have these jack legs who are taking advantage of our industry, trying to hire people away from us either who have no good intentions because there's no regulation in our industry. Right. Um, so we'll go down that path now where you've got, you got companies, you know, the garage door industry as a whole on IDA's watch because IDA granite is indeed the industry association is known as the most abused spammed industry probably in the world. Horrible us and locksmiths, right? So why why are we not taking, I know the IDA worked with Ben Fisher and all those guys, uh, which is funny because I'm in the garage door industry. I have tons of experience fighting spam, uh, addressed it, asked to help, was kind of closed out of that conversation. They go outside the industry. They find people. Um, I was willing to help for free. Uh, Precision paid those guys, I think. They got to meet with IDA and talk about it and try to come up with a plan. I was locked out of that. Um, so why is it that we aren't actively like putting that at the, like, I think there's two things we need to focus on as, as an industry. One is how do we get more people to engage with the garage or industry as a potential, uh, place to work Two is how do we fight the spam effectively to a point where, uh, we'll never probably get rid of it 
but we can hunt it down and try to try to remove it and make it more difficult. Um, and I know Brenton, we talked about this at WASA. Uh, there was a whole conversation about it and there is some activity, but maybe that information is not getting out to the public to where we are hearing about it. And, you know, we're seeing, you know, has a press release been sent out from IDA about uh, all the, the Google business profile re spam requests that have been hitting recently. Like we got to educate these guys um, on what to do when you get one. Right. And so if, if they get a request and they maybe think it's from their marketing agency or they hit the wrong button and they give the rights to Google business profile to these spammers, and some of these companies like myself, you've probably gotten one, I'm sure, um, are we're getting like one to two a day in some cases. Yeah, it's 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 a problem. And, um, you, you know, on on what we talked about when we were at the WASA show and the presentation, uh, kind of the, the forum that I did with the guys uh, there, um, we're in the process right now. And, and, and I, I can't speak particularly to your involvement versus Ben Fisher's and other stuff like that. Precision, which is an IDA member, you know, yeah. if you like them, great. If you don't, that's your like own opinion. Yeah. I, yeah. But they are really, because of their footprint, they're particularly vulnerable to this. Right. And so they put together a team, they hired Ben Fisher and other things like that. And then they came to us and said, hey, we'd like to coordinate with you guys as an IDA, you guys, um, on moving forward with trying to figure out what to do with this. And we're just getting to the point right now, actually, where uh, we're going to be doing some outreach to members saying, hey, Google is not listening to what we're saying. You know, they're, we're, we're not annoying enough. We're not the squeaky wheel that gets the grease yet. And right. so um, when we were at the WASA show, you know, we kind of did an outreach of like, who here has had this type of experience? Who here has had their phone number hijacked or had their website hijacked or their Google profile, uh, <clears throat> you know, redirected to somewhere else, you know? So customers think they're calling them and then they end up with someone else. And um, uh, had a lot of conversations about that after that presentation. Consistency in everything, including price, reliability, quality, not just quality, but great quality control. These are things that describe Somer USA. Somer's not some startup company, not one that you need to be worried about going out of business in the near future. Somer's a two, Somer and their family of businesses are $200 million companies. They're in over 100 countries, and they have locations in 20 countries. This is a large organization who stands behind their product and works through integrity. And there's not another company out there willing to drop what they're doing and help you out like Somer. These guys are awesome. Not only have they been loyal to the Torsion Talk podcast, they've been loyal to the technicians and the owners of the companies who install their product. In my opinion, if you're not at least offering Somer as an additional option, you're cheating yourself. Listen, first-time dealers, I've got a special for you. If you buy 10 or more Somers between now and the end of the season six, while supplies last, we will offer you free shipping. You have no more excuses. The prices are great. 
The product is amazing. Go check out Somer USA and order 10 for free shipping. You know, one of the things that we're talking about doing with uh, Precision and their efforts to do it in conjunction with our efforts is doing an outreach to members saying, Google's not listening to us. We need a larger group of people over a larger area to show what kind of problem this is so that Google will take notice. But you guys and, have the resources. Like here's here's my issue, right? Is when you have a problem like that, why don't you sit back and be like, okay, who should we pull in on this? Precision did that. And, mm -hmm. you know, they hired these people. Great. But like, I have resources. I know people who, who like Ben Fisher can pick up the phone and call somebody at Google, right? Mm -hmm. I, I have contacts at Google. I'm a huge fan of Joy Hawkins. Joy Hawkins has influence with the Google business profile team. Ben Fisher has some influence with the Google business profile team. I would venture to say Joy probably has more than anybody. Um, and she doesn't, she's a very ethical person and doesn't approve of these types of actions and hates spam. She fights them all the time. So when you're looking at, you know, why not pull all the resources and utilize it? And half these people would probably do it for free, right? Because it's for the better good. Like mm -hmm. I would probably invest some time and effort into helping our industry with this. Joy May, she's very busy, but she's also in the garage door industry with some of her clients. Uh, ben Fisher, I don't know if he would do it for free. I mean, but. I'm just, it would be worth it to pay them. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Yeah. And we're already, and, and not we precision is the one footing the bill at the moment, right. but Mad props they're already precision. work. Yeah. They're already, yeah. Yeah. Props but to they're them. Probably costing, they're probably caught like these companies are probably costing precision way more than Ben Fisher's costing them to Ooh. fight the spam. So right. Um, right. Like, there's a motive there, a little bit of selfish one. But they're national. And to my understanding, you know, I knew Ben before that even happened. And, you know, you got a good guy on the case. This is what he specializes in. Um, but at the same time, it's like, why are we letting precision do it? Yeah, that's great. But like, we can pull resources and find a group of pity. Let's put a committee together just for spam, right? That are marketers who know this. And then let's have them brainstorm and come up with a solution. And then uh, if every garage door guy in the country who would do anything to have spam stopped, like you said, the squeaky wheel gets the attention. We put a plan together. We execute it. We promote it. We send it out to everybody. Call this person, email this person, do this, do that. And then we have the entire industry reaching out, making noise to the point where they have to say something, they have to do something at Google in order to make the change. But like you said, we're not, we're not squeaky enough. Right. So actually what you just said of like, let's put together a committee, let's, let's find volunteers within our industry that want to spend the time uh, to get this taken care of, or at least to try and attack it and so on and so forth. That's actually, we, interestingly enough, we've been hamstrung by our own bylaws as an association on what we can do there. Um, and that's one of the changes that uh, I'm trying to make right now is the ability to better utilize volunteership within our industry, whether that's for, you know, regular things that we deal with all the time for 
you know, for Expo Plus or for our, our website or marketing or anything like that. But the ability to utilize members and non-members within our industry that want to volunteer for things. And so uh, you probably got an email like two weeks ago about a bylaws change that reduces the size of the board, but increases the ability of volunteership. And uh, what you're talking about, let's put together a committee. Um, those changes and, and the structural ability for us as IDA to do that, that's that's one of the, I mean, we're, we're working on that now, right now. So is that, that vote still open? Um, it, it hasn't opened yet. We sent out the information uh, right before Thanksgiving, I believe. We sent out the information and we're kind of in, call it the public comment timeframe right now. So we're receiving emails. I've received a couple of emails from past presidents um, and other people within the industry that are like, you know, have you, did you guys look at this or what, what would happen in these situations and stuff like that? Um, so we're just making sure that the change that we're making works in the way we think it, we want it to work. Yep. And then it's going to go out for a vote like next week. So we'll send out a, a, a member vote next week. That's awesome. So if you're, how long will that vote be open? Uh, Amy, do you know, do we, were we going to leave it open for five days or 10 days or something like that? Yeah, we'll pro it will probably go out midweek and then close by the following Monday. So we have enough time. So about five yeah, days. so there'll be like a five day period where you'll get an email that goes out and uh, you'll be able to vote kind of like yes or no on a number of things for bylaws changes that allow us to better utilize volunteers within our industry. So Tamara, let's see what we can do about promoting uh, that vote and let's try to get get IDA what they need to be able to pass this so that we can get volunteers. We'll push it in the Facebook groups and on Torsion Talk and get our GDU members to vote that are IDA members. Got to be an yeah. IDA member to vote, right? You have to yes. be an IDA member to vote, yes. Um, but that'd be awesome because it's really frustrating for me when somebody comes to me and they're like, hey, I'm I'm really passionate about membership and I want to talk to people and I'll make phone calls for you and everything like that. And, and I want to be like, yes, let's do that. Start tomorrow. But it's a, you know, it's not my business. It's not like I'm like, you know, what I say today is law tomorrow. We right. have to go through a process. And, and that's actually something that directors kind of have a hard time accepting when they first come on the board is that it's like kind of like the big wheel turns slowly you know, and in, in our own business, um, you know, like we're a little sports car that goes around every curve, right. but, uh, um, you know, it's frustrating for me to tell someone who wants to be involved to be like, yes, as soon as this happens or the next time, a you know, an opening comes up for a directorship, we would love for you to volunteer and maybe be elected and all those things. And then a year from now, they're like, ah, whatever, you know, and this would be a change that would allow it to be, um, you know, yeah, you know, send us your resume and what you're passionate about, and we'll see if there's a spot we can put you that makes sense. And whether that be for a short term period or whether that be on a standing committee or or whatever. And that's something once the bylaws get approved, we'll send out a kind of a call for volunteers so people can apply and then the board will be able to read those applications and see where, you know, your best fit for your skill. I mean, as a marketing person, you would probably want to join the communications and marketing team. Uh, it just seems to make the most sense, not, not just making board members kind of 
applying them to committees just because they're on the board and not necessarily what their skill sets are, I guess is kind of the best way to look at it. I am so happy to hear all these things. Like um, it's, 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 it's one thing to be talking about change, but I can see the mindset shift and Britain, I want to thank you uh, because I think when you came in, you came in with the purpose of creating change for the better and getting rid of some of like the bureaucracy and the, the, uh, you know, the roadblocks that help our industry become better. Um, so thank you, by the way, for that. Um, I know that you're going to probably thank your team and everybody involved. So I'll do it for you. Thank you, everyone at IDA for creating change. Uh, so he doesn't have to. And then Amy, I'm really excited about, you know, your the 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 fresh blood uh, coming in and the new perspective um, and the get it done type of mentality that you've got. And um, I'm really excited to see some of these changes play out. And, and honestly, like um, whatever makes the industry better, like look at me as an ally and a resource to help you promote whatever you need. Um, I'm here. I, I want to make it better. Um, you know, I know, I know probably more than I should. Um, there's a lot of crap that needs to be cleaned up. I think some of it's yours to clean. Some of it's not, but, um, I, uh, you know, I hope, I hope that, uh, we treat you well, Amy, and, uh, you're allowed to do your job the way you should and not get bought out by manufacturers. That's, that's a, that's a rough one there. Come on. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else, anything else that you guys want to share? Um, I, I think that back to our marketing problem is, is I wish that, you know, my, my tenure as president is not over, but I'm, I'm on, I'm five months to go before someone else is in charge. And I'm hoping that I can continue to bring awareness to what we are doing that a lot of dealers don't know about. And uh, um, at our meetings that we had in New Orleans in conjunction with the Educon there in New Orleans, uh, there's a lot of conversation about mm, trying to figure out the best way to communicate with the dealers. And we send out you know, surveys every now and again, and we try to communicate with the dealers to find out what the dealers want. And, um, and I say what the dealers want. We have supplier members of our association and dealer members association. And, and then there's a couple other kind of smaller ancillary consultant categories and stuff like that. But we know what the suppliers want. The suppliers want a avenue to be in touch with the dealers. That's all they want. They want, they want to make sure we have good dealers and they want to be able to communicate with them. That's what the suppliers want. But what do the dealers want? Because we have a hard time figuring that out. Um, we think we know what they want. I know what I want as a dealer. I can make you a list. I know. <laughs> and I could make a list, but here's the problem. And it's kind of like a shout out to, or not a shout, a call out to all these dealers that think the IDA is not doing anything for them is we would love to know what you want because we've done, we've done online education, maybe not great, but we have some and we tried to do that. Um, we've tried smaller shows regionally and other Hang stuff. On, Britain. Hang on. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem, right? Like what you just said, we did it, yeah. but not great. Yep. That's the problem. Like, it's not the fact that you guys aren't doing anything. You're just not doing it great and yeah. you're not promoting it. Um, so it doesn't feel like you're delivering value. So right. perception 
is reality, right? And, um, you know, we, we make these call outs like, hey, we want to know what we want to do better. How do we tell you? Do we go to the closed Facebook group and we request to be to, to join? Uh, do is there a phone number we call? You know, what it, it's like, in our week, yeah. It's it's actually added to our weekly newsletter on Tuesday. Um, anybody can, you know, what can we do for your business has been added to the bottom. You can email me directly or info at doors.org. And we've been receiving, you know, different thoughts and suggestions on there, which I think is great. Um, some different opportunities that we could add to magazine articles and all kinds of uh, outreach already, which is great. And that's only within the past couple of weeks. So yeah, info at doors.org. And that goes to our uh, team and to myself. And we're happy to answer any emails that we receive if we can't provide it immediately or direct you to a resource that, you know, is available to you, then, then we're definitely going to make sure that we respond appropriately. Okay. Yeah, Sorry. and reach out. Yeah, and reach out to your local director. <laughs> I know you know yes. your local director uh, in the back of the magazine on the website too. But in the back of every magazine is the email address and phone number for your for the local directors. And my my cell phone is there, so please don't call me in the middle of the night. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> my number is there. I would love to hear from anybody. Um, that's actually one of the best parts of being a part of this association for me. Is uh, when I worked, I I grew up in the industry. And my dad had a dealership and I'm back on that side now, but I worked for a major manufacturer in our industry for about seven years and traveled around and talked to people. And just, that was like my favorite part. So being a part of the IDA gave me back the ability to travel around and talk to people again. And uh, so, uh, yeah, if there's something that we can do better and I agree with you, Ryan, yeah, we, we tried this and it didn't, it didn't work that well. And we tried that and it didn't work that well. Um, and we're just kind of shooting in the dark a little bit and, but if there's something that we can do better, I, we want to know. I think just promote the services. Like, I don't think a lot of even members know why they joined or whatever. Like I joined not so much. I had no expectations for a return zero. What I wanted was a badge to put on my website and I wanted to support my industry. And that's what I thought I was doing. Right. Yeah. If I, if, if there was a list of resources that helped me be a better dealer, like genuinely, um, I would pay $1,500, $2,500 a year. Like, first of all, you're too cheap, way too cheap. But we just raised our price. Yeah, good. <laughs> you're too cheap because you need money to accomplish value. Money. Yeah. Absolutely. If you're too cheap, people would be like, well, what do you, what do I get? Even though it's too cheap, you know, it's like, well, what do I get for that too cheap? But yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I tell, I tell, I tell people all the time, like the, the lucky brand story. And, and I even say, I don't even know that this is true. I think a portion of it is, I tried to look it up one day, but um, a story was told to me once that the, the lucky brand, the jeans, are you guys familiar yeah. with those? Yeah. So, so mm -hmm. they came out and what made them popular was when you zip the zipper down you open them up, it says lucky you like a little badge right there. And so it was <laughs> like super cool for all the teenagers, right? But the <laughs> jeans were like 30, 40 bucks. Well, um, they started struggling and this was about the time that like premium denim became a thing. And so uh, they were struggling financially. And I was told that the CEO said, uh, we're going to stop selling jeans at $40. We're going to rebrand as a premium denim company. We're not changing anything, but we're just going to have like a different 
vibe and we're going to double the price of the jeans overnight success right um and again i don't know if that story is true but it's like i've applied that to many different places and it's worked um and so you can sell the same thing for more if if i put if i put three things in front of you and they're all three the, the same and i have a cheap i have a i have a medium and an expensive you're most likely going to wonder what's wrong with the cheap one right like it's a it's a natural instinct to be like yeah. well, well they're all three look the well, same why is this one so cheap? one cheaper yeah <laughs> right. right you're going to want the you're going to want the most expensive one if they're all the same like so it's like uh I think if we raise the prices, you got more money to work with. You can do more for the industry. You can hire more people, facilitate things that need to be done. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the first thing and we're, we're working with Amy and Courtney uh, on trying to get our marketing problem worked out. And maybe we should reach out to you about, <laughs> uh, you know, some, some, some industry uh, knowledge on, on marketing, but um is making everybody aware of what we have right now. I mean, people are like, oh, what do I get for my three, four, 500 bucks? Um, but I mean, I could name 10 things right now that would save you thousands of dollars. The vast majority, maybe not you individually, but the vast majority of dealers can save thousands of dollars a year just by utilizing the vehicle program, the insurance program, the credit card processing program. And not every program is perfect for everybody, right. but- I mean, discounts on your cell phone bill for being a part of the association, discounts on, you know, what you buy from Home Depot and Staples and other stuff like that, discounts on vehicles, if you can even get them, you know, is the problem, but discounts on vehicles and all, you know, other things like that. Just, uh, just when you renew your membership every single year, most of the major manufacturers in our industry offer discounts for renewing members like, hey, one time 10% off or, you know, different things like that. So. I think we got to get because I signed up current IDA. So now every time mine's up for renewal, you guys can run a special at IDA. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So we got to get people to know what we have right now. And then we got to like, you know, powwow on what are we doing going forward? Right. Yeah. I think it's great. Um, and a membership directory. You guys have that? Online, There's a membership yeah. directory on the website. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With a, yeah. With so a, if you go to the website and you go under your login, there's, if, if you're not a member, you can find dealers because there's a find a dealer function. But I think if you are a member, there's just a directory. Yeah. And you should do, do follow backlinks so that dealers get a little, a little link juice for <laughs> ranking. There we go. But I'm willing to help any way I can. Yeah. I'm not, I'm definitely not the end all be all. And my opinions aren't always right but I'm very opinionated and willing to share, you know, that. So, uh, so I'm no, happy, it, it, I'm this has been share. great. I've taken some, taken some notes, good ideas that, um, definitely look into for sure. And I appreciate your time reaching out to me as well. Tamara, yeah. do you have, uh, anything that I'm missing that you think we should chat about before we cut loose? No, other than to just ask one of you to let me know when you put that vote out so that we can start helping you guys promote it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Amy will follow up with that. Um, and then, yeah, go look for that email because it has the information about the vote in it. So yeah, kind of a little plug. Everybody that if you are the member for your business, because there's a specific email for the member of the business, um, and that's you know usually the owner, usually, um, go look at that email. And it has the changes to the bylaws that we're trying to make right now. 
I believe wholeheartedly that this is probably one of the biggest changes that I'm going to make as a president to affect change in our industry is making it to where we can utilize, you know, reducing the size of the board, but increasing the ability to utilize volunteers. So go take a look at that. And uh, yeah, it'll go out for vote next week. Cool. Amy, anything you want to share? No, I just, I'm looking forward to working with everyone and learning more about the industry. I'm very excited. Everyone's been very welcoming and I'm looking forward to big things in the future. I agree. <laughs> Expectations are high for us. <laughs> They've been raised. Yes. Britain, thank you so much, bro, for everything you've done for the industry. Um, you're going to go down as a hero because in my book, at least maybe not anybody else's. Book. Well, well, we'll see what happens. I got five minutes to make it or break it. Right. Yeah. So, but either way, dude, I appreciate all the effort to run a business um, and do IDA like as effectively as you have and create as much change as you have is impressive, dude. I mean, you're not getting paid. You have a whole business to run and you're doing this. Like, I don't think people understand how much goes into all of this. And if we're really trying to create change and you're passionate about that, your, your interest is torn. You're focused on the industry. You're focused on your business. And that makes it very difficult to, to do right. When your passions are kind of split a little bit. So I applaud you uh, big time because I, I don't think I would ever do that. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. And, and I, I think, you know, shout out to all of the directors right now, because every single one coming. of us knew it, you knew it coming. <laughs> hey, uh, suppliers and dealers, we're all busy, but when we get together on a call or in a room, um, you could ask anybody, we are industry focused. We're what's not, what's better for Brent and Cheney's business or what better for, you know, you know, whichever director's business, whether it's a dealer or supplier, we are what's better for the association. And sometimes, very honestly, sometimes that means it's not better for you yeah. as the director, but it's better for the association. And that's what we focus on. So I, I appreciate the, the recognition there because it is a lot, it is a lot. Amy, you have an open invitation to come on here once a quarter and give us an update. Um, and anything that you want us to help promote, shoot it over to myself or Tamara, and we can uh, we can help you promote it. Um, and as long as that aligns with what I think is best for the industry, I'll be more than happy to share it and promote it uh, on the podcast, on social media, with our GDU group, um, and with my company. So That'd be great. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, thank good. you. All right, guys, listen, if you guys aren't part of IDA, you can FOMO in now because it <laughs> sounds like it's about to get better. It did just get more expensive, sounds like. What did the rate go to? You a little just, bit, so, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> so if you're a little dealer, you no increases. If you're less than $1.5 million, no increases. You're, we're leaving it the same. You know, we just want you to be here. You actually probably get the most benefits because the smaller guys definitely get the most benefits because they're not negotiating for $10 million. They're negotiating right. for, I, I work on my kitchen table with two trucks type of a deal. Um, so it's uh, 375, which is what it has been. And it's staying that way for the little guys. And then uh, based on your total revenues, it goes up to 575, but there's kind of some bumps cheap. that you get. Yeah, Freaking it's still cheap, cheap. bro. And if you got multiple locations, it just got cheaper for you because we want you to list those locations. We want to see 
the industry and and where what we really are. So yeah, so it's a uh, it's good. I'll say one more thing: we need better benchmarking, and then that's it. All right, guys, thank you. I appreciate it so much for you guys following along. This is great news. Change is great, especially when it's in the positive direction. We think. I don't know. We gotta watch Amy, see what she's gonna do. Oh man. So, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But uh, I appreciate you guys following along. Stay safe, uh, stay warm out there, and take care. Okay. Bye, Ryan. Thank you.